the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we have on Doc Talk this morning Vicki Hunt. She's the mammogram technologist at Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center, and Dan Goldblatt, who is the imaging manager at Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. Good day to both of you. How are you doing? Good morning. Fine. Good morning. Vicki, let's uh, do a little bit of background on you. I like to introduce kind of people to uh, who they're talking to or who we're talking to. So give me a little bit about, uh, you know, where are you from? I grew up in the Vancouver, Washington area and actually started out at Peace um, Health Southwest in Vancouver. Transferred down here about three years ago because I love it down here. Uh, what what got you into this um, this portion of healthcare? I mean, what was it that that you liked about it? You know, it was just um, a lifestyle transition. I've been to I've been um, a radiologist for years, and um, I wanted to switch it up a little bit, find something that was going to be comfortable and fun to do for the golden years of my working life, and being able to come to a nice, gorgeous. Oregon coast in a retirement community doing a job with women who were concerned about their health was the perfect answer for me. Now, what's the difference between a, a, a technologist and, uh, well, I guess there's a mammogram tech? Yeah, a technician doesn't have the schooling um, and they're limited in what they can do. Um, first, you have to be a, an x-ray um, technologist and then you add on additional licenses to that. So I had additional schooling to learn how to do mammography and prove that I could do what I had learned um, before I went on. The same thing with being a CT tech or um, or anything like that. It's just an additional, D- additional training. Additional education. Mm-hmm. Yep. Training. Now, now, Dan, we've spoken to you before, but kind of let's let's update everybody. And for those who may not remember or those who are new in town, what's your background? Morning, everybody. I'm the manager of the imaging department here at the hospital. I've been doing this in this industry since 1991. I've been here about three years. I worked on the east side of the state for about 13 years, and I grew up in East Los Angeles, and I've worked in Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, and I'm real, real happy here. I've been in Oregon for about 15, 16 years now. And, and I will tell you something about Dan that I did not know. Dan is a, a fan of professional wrestling. You are correct. <laughs> we, we got to learn that the other, the other night. Uh, I saw him there in Eugene. And we were there as well, uh, enjoying the wrestling matches as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my daughter likes to go to that, too. It was her birthday, and she was on her way out to OIT for college, so we thought we'd stop and have a little fun for her birthday. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Does that, do, do either of you know when this, when this be- became the month for breast cancer awareness? I'm, I'm not really sure when that started. It's been a while. It seems to be it has many, been. many years. And I think it's like any kind of awareness. You know, it's it's a year-long thing. We need to be aware year-long. But someone requested it, and it got in the books. And now we have a stable every October we get to um, have um, celebrate the awareness and remembrance of those who have suffered from breast cancer and um, reaffirm our commitment to fighting breast cancer and early detection. All right, so we're talking with Vicki Hunt. She is the mammogram technologist at Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. Dan Goldblatt, who's the imaging manager. Uh, we'll take a quick break now to uh, let Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center let you know what they do best. And we'll be right back. I am a two. On this month at Doc Talk, Vicki Hunt, mammogram technologist, and Dan Goldblatt are here with me, the imaging manager. Now, for about uh, a few months now, you guys have had a new piece of technology. Tell me about the uh, 3D imaging. You're correct. We 
purchased a replacement for our previous mammogram machine. It's a Siemens 3D mammogram machine. What that means is we can now take slices of the breast tissue and put them together and make a 3D model. And uh, Vicky can go over some stats with that. But we've had it for a while now. It's functioning nice, it's functioning well. Our technologists are trained. Doctors are all trained. We're finding a lot of things now that we used to never find before. It's fast. It's efficient. It's good to use. It's real pretty, too, which doesn't really matter. But it looks mm -hmm. real nice. has good lighting. Um, we, we're real excited about it. We're seeing a lot of patients. We have the capacity to see a lot more. So I'll let Vicky go over some of the stats, but it's been real impressive, and it's really changed the way that we handle breast care here. Well, let me just – this probably goes without saying, but when, when you say slices of the breast, you're talking about digital imaging, uh, not surgical. I just you want are to correct. throw that out there. When you think about people it, that aren't in the biz. Correct. You, know. you think about a single X-ray or you think about a CAT scan. A, a CT scan takes what we call slices through the body. Um, several images, and then we can put together and reconstruct to make a model out of. So this machine does the same thing. It takes slices as opposed to just one single image that we can manipulate in 2D. We can manipulate these in 3D in many different directions. And what we would say is cutting through the tissue as opposed to just looking at the surface of the tissue. Now, statistic-wise, uh, how, how is the 3D imaging – I know Dan just kind of explained it, but how is 3D imaging that much better? So traditionally with our 2D digital imaging, which we've had clear up until – the end of last year. Um, women with dense breasts, 50% of women have dense breasts, which just means that their DNA produce breasts that have tissue in it that's hard to visualize through. And um, with those women, being able to find the early stages of breast cancer, it's much harder. Women who do, don't have breast, um, dense, dense breast tissue, we can find the early stages of breast cancer 98% of the time. In women with dense breast tissue, we could only find the beginning stages of breast cancer 48% of the time. So um, it depletes our ability to find it early when it's easier to treat and the survivability is much higher. Higher With 3D um, digital imaging, the increase, um, the percentage of increase in finding those early stages of breast cancer in dense um, patients was 40%. But that was first with the first generation of 3D. That was with a 30-degree sweep. We happened to just fall into the right time when we bought the machine and found uh, the right company who was just having a new second-generation 3D machine approved for the U.S. It has a 50-degree sweep. I don't know how we got it, but we got it. Um, it was very advantageous for us because we're now finding much earlier breast cancers than they were even the year before, if we would have gotten the machine the year before. This is an awesome machine. And um, in our figures here in Florence, with women that we have found breast cancer here in Florence, in our, with our 2D machine last year, we were finding one breast cancer for every 120 women we examined. So far this year, in the eight and a half months that we've had this machine, we're finding one breast cancer for every 95 women. So a 26% chance increase in finding, finding those cancer early in those women with dense breasts. So we're seeing it already. In just eight months, we're seeing a much higher increase of finding those things early when it's still um, survivable. Breast cancer is still the number two cancer killer in women in the U.S., right behind lung cancer. But it's 98% survivable when we find it early. And the reason it's killing so many women is we can't get women in every year to have a mammogram. It's so important to find it in its early stages when it's survivable. So this has given us a much better chance of finding it if, we can, if the women will come in. 
Now, I know we're going to go into um, recommendations in the next uh-huh. portion, but is there is there a point if a, if a woman has a clear mammogram, you know, up into her 60s or 70s, is it still important to continue on after that? It is, because a woman in her 70s is twice as likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer as a woman in her 40s. A woman in her 40s, the type of breast cancer she's more likely to be diagnosed with would be a faster, more aggressive cancer. But as we get into our 70s and 80s, it's more of an environmental cancer, just living on this earth for as long as we do. Um, it produces chances for us to get all types of cancers, but especially like colon cancer and breast cancer. The older we get, the higher um, the increase in our risk factor. And remember, I mean, when we talk about survivability, uh, it used to be you get breast cancer. It was not a great thing, which understood it's still not. But we're able to find it a lot sooner, a lot earlier now and increase the survivability rate exponentially. That's why it's so important for people to come in and come in as recommended, and we'll go over those recommendations, but we're able to find things so much earlier and sooner now that the likelihood of you of this causing a problem long-term in your life has definitely decreased. What are the statistics for women? One in every how One many? One in every eight women wow. are diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Um, it's um, And 85% of women who are diagnosed do not have a family history. So that was my thinking. It's like, what are the odds? One in a hundred, it doesn't run in my family, but those don't work with this kind of cancer. And with all the cancers there are out there, this is one cancer that's so easy to find so early. And I can't stress, especially women who decide they're too old to have their mammogram, um, if they... Um, are if they decide that if they found a lump, they wouldn't do anything about it, that would be one thing. But there isn't a reason why a woman should have to die with breast cancer in her breasts because we can find them early enough. And if we can find them when they're still small and we can and they're still confined to one lobe of the breast, like a segment of an orange where there's a membrane around it, we can get that um, that disease tissue out, make sure that we have clear margins around it, stitch them up. They possibly could um, even be able to avoid chemo radiation. Um, if it's a cancer that is fed by hormones, they might have to take a pill every day to block that hormone that feeds it. But a, a woman can get away with having had breast cancer and not dying from it. Um, but it takes that finding it in the early stages. Um, when we wait until a yearly mammogram can even find breast cancer up to two years before a woman or her provider can feel the lump. So we want to find it before a lump even um, can be felt. You mentioned the different cancers. Are, are there similarities in each cancer that that doctors recognize or that that people recognize that are similar as far as, you know, what am I trying to say here? Um you know, like a cancer cell is a cancer cell is a cancer cell. Is it just the location of the body that differentiates them when you're talking about breast cancer? Um, there, are, there are about a half a dozen different cancers that I can read on the pathology report because I don't, um, I'm not within the patient's care in the treatment of that cancer, just in the diagnosis diagnosis of it. I'm not an expert on the different cancers, but I do know that breast cancer probably all of them, um, once they have progressed enough to get to the lymph nodes and travel through the body, like to be able to assimilate in other organs. So breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, even colon cancer are all very similar um, creatures. And um, So once they start, they right. like to invade the, yeah, whole, the whole body. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Um, any other important statistics that we need to to look at, like um, gender? I mean, I know that uh, there's a smaller percentage of males that that have to deal with this, but there are some there that have. It is a much smaller percentage, um, and but it does happen. Um, I have one particular patient whose mother died of breast cancer, and he did the DNA testing, and he carries the gene that shows a predominance of it. He comes in every year for his mammogram. It's kind of difficult. There's not much there, but he's um, conscientious that he has that chance um, genetically, and if we can find it really early, it's not going to be a big deal. Better safe than sorry. Exactly. Uh, This is not just solely one gender, although the likelihood of a man getting is very low, but it still does happen. We still do see them, and it still does happen. Um, what about age as as far as that goes? I mean, are, are we seeing it in younger women now than before, or is it kind of just, it's kind of across the board? It's across the board. Um, our population here in Florence is a little bit on the older side. I don't get as many younger women in here, but um, good breast care means starting their mammogram at 40 and um, keeping an eye on it. Like I said, the younger women are more likely to get a more aggressive, um, faster growing um, breast cancer, which can start even before 40. So having um, a family history will double it, even though 15% of women who are diagnosed um, are ones that have a family history, but that does double their chance. So they need to be conscious of what their family has um, going on. And that's difficult in some, especially families that adopt children or don't have a Mm -hmm. genetic history or didn't know what their mom exactly. So you always you always um, lean on the cautious side of you just assume it's there and make sure and be proactive. Yeah, because your parent might have died early from something else or even a car wreck, and you didn't have a chance to find out what their genetic disposition was. Exactly. All right, that's uh, that's what we got for statistics. We'll take a look at uh, some of the recommendations on this edition of Doc Talk with Vicki Hunt and Dan Goldblatt from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center for today. Vicki Hunt is the mammogram technologist at Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. Dan Goldblatt is the imaging manager, and we're talking breast cancer awareness and uh, what should be done and when it should be done. So let's talk uh, as far as recommendations now. There have been some changes in recent years as the recommendations, but not necessarily um, something everybody agrees on? Sure. There's a lot of different agencies out there that have set out and sent out many different recommendations. A radiologist is what we go by. They have their recommendations, and I'll let Vicki go over some of those. But the most important thing about these recommendations, and as we talked about, is finding these things early. Um, some people are told one year. Some people are told two year. We like every one year, and we'll explain that. But it's important that because we're able to find these things at such an early stage and so small at, at, and so small that we're never able to find these things before it's important not to wait why would you wait on something for two years when we can find it a year earlier it, to me it doesn't make any sense but I would definitely be proactive like Vicky said and make sure that uh, if it's available I can do it let's get it done it doesn't take more than about 15 minutes and 15 minutes out of your life as opposed to perhaps many years of treatment the math doesn't add up so we'd like to see the patients come in yearly because we can find these things so readily easy. So um, recommendations is a confusing one for patients and for myself. Um, I was hearing lots of different things as I was doing my internship for this. The um, American Cancer Association came up with a big change and I thought, oh, there it goes. But when I researched it and studied it, I found 13 different major health organizations and government agencies with 13 different recommendations, all based on different um, 
different um, studies and different surveys, um, our radiologists will quote four recommendations in their report to the provider and in our letters to the patients. And those four say start at 40 every year as long as you're alive. I take that back. One of those four recommendations says you can stop five years before your expected demise. So if you know when that is, you can stop. But my mother, my mother came home from her provider at 75 saying, I don't have to have another mammogram. And I had just been studying this. So I knew what you know, she was talking about. And that recommendation goes by that the average life expectancy of a woman in the U.S. is 85. And if you were to get one of those slower growing breast cancers, which is more common in older women um, at, say, 76, 77, you would probably die by the time you're 85, which would make you normal. And when she heard that, she's like, I don't want to die at 85. I'm like, that's okay, mom. It's your choice. You can decide whether to go. But say you stopped having a mammogram and at 80 you found a lump. Would you go in? She goes, of course I would. I go, well, if you if it's the size of a lump now, it's a little bit bigger. So it might be a, a more, you know, you may have to have aggressive surgery, chemo, radiation at 80. Do you really want to do that? She goes, you know, I wouldn't like to do that. But if it made me live longer, I would. I go, well, then doesn't it make more sense to just keep having your mammograms, find it when it's really little. So it's a little day surgery that's in and out in one day, a couple of stitches, maybe a little scar, but then you don't have to worry about this breast cancer growing and how long it's going to take before it takes your life. And she goes, yeah, that makes much more sense more sense. So she's 84 now. She's still having her yearly mammograms. We still haven't found anything, but she doesn't have that worry about a time bomb in there that she doesn't know about. And I imagine every study has a different cross-section of the population. It does. You know, you're talking about environmental, you're talking about where the study takes place. How many people are in the study. Versus a non-toxic area. How many people are in the study. um, Environmental issues and all that. Well, one of those 13 recommendations is from a a government agency that oversees Medicare, Medicaid, and veterans recommendations. And that's the agency that insurance companies follow. So that one says you can start at 40 and every year for the rest of your life. It does say you can go every two years for a certain time in your life when studies show that the chances are lower, but it doesn't make sense to let something like that go an additional year before we find it. So I, I always encourage, and, and our automatic letters, reminder letters come out at 11 months to remind you it's time, it's coming up in the next month. Um, our patients are fully aware that they can choose for themselves and our providers are very good at letting them know the options but um, I personally push for yearly mammograms because of the cancers that we do find here in Florence the women who are coming in every year their cancers are being found um, documented we're finding them in the earlier stages when they're less aggressive and when they have it got a good foothold so we're having better outcomes with women who are coming in every year Let's talk about um, safety of the new equipment versus some of the older equipment. Is it is it a much safer procedure now than it was 20 years ago? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I read a CDC article about how much radiation a patient gets from a four-view mammogram, and it's uh, the, uh, the glandular dose. So to the thyroid, that's the closest organ to the breast. And the glandular dose of a four-view mammogram is similar to the glandular dose of um doing gardening outside for 40 minutes. So um, just the radiation we get from the earth, from the sun, is about 40 minutes of that is similar to a four-view mammogram. So uh, the women who are concerned about too much radiation, I tell them you can skip 40 minutes of gardening this year and say you're even. Let's talk about the the big issue that I hear a lot is the compression. 
Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, compression. Um, it used to be with our 2D imaging, especially with women with dense breasts, the idea was to smush them as much as they could tolerate so we could get it thin enough to get the best view. Um, with this new um, 3D machine of ours, um, because it's going to take pictures in slices. So it's going to give us a visual every millimeter through that breast. Instead of just taking one picture and we see it all at once, we're seeing it one millimeter at a time. So the idea is not to smush it as much as you can because we'll get less pictures that way. But we do need to compress the breast th so the pictures are nice crisp pictures. The machine's got an auto compress feature on it that, or optimum compression is what it's called, and it um, flashes at us when it believes because of the density it's feeling in the breast that it's right there at the right amount, which is less than it than it used to be. Um, plus, we've got some great German engineering and this um, paddle that we're using that actually kind of forms around the woman's breast. And um, I'm seeing um, better compression with less pounds of pressure. Um, and, you know, although, you know, it's very personal, a, a, a pinch is a pinch is a pinch, but I'm hearing a lot more women say, oh, that didn't feel like you compressed me at all. Um, so, so remember it, that, ladies, when yeah. you think about your previous mammograms and you think about the compression, you say, I don't want to come in, I hate the compression. Just remember that it's automated now and it's optimum. So the amount of compression you'll feel is more than likely going to be quite a bit less. It is, and it really helps when our patients communicate with us because, you know, we might have a wrinkle underneath that we don't know about, and they'll feel it. You know, mm -hmm. when I get to a certain amount of compression, they'll feel it. And then they say, oh, you know, I feel a pinch. It's much easier to uncompress get that wrinkle out and recompress and um, have it be a pleasant experience and better pictures because I don't have a wrinkle. So once a year is the recommendation from you guys. You yep. still believe that? And uh, they just talk to their doctor and their doctor can get them scheduled or recommended? Oh, or how do they do that? Yeah. Well, we actually work a self-referral system in Florence. So someone can just come in. If you're not having problems with your breasts, you just call scheduling and they'll get you in. We do try We do um, try to obtain their prior picture. So if they've moved here from somewhere else and it's been um, less than 10 years since their last mammogram, we want to get those films because the best way of reading a mammogram is holding up last year's mammogram and compare it to this year's mammogram and look for that very small change. So even if it's been four or five years, we want to get their films from wherever they had them done last. So they call in scheduling, tell them, I haven't been here before, but my films are here. We'll obtain them, get them ready, and then we'll call them back to schedule them. But they can call in at any time. As long as it's been a year and a day from their last mammogram, we can schedule them. And understand what that means is that you don't have to go see your provider, your no. doctor first. You can call up and schedule and say, I'm, I'm due for my yearly mammogram and I'm self-referring. And they will put an order in and get you scheduled. This is the only thing that we do in imaging that the government allows self-referral for. So you can see how important it is, and it's important to the government. So just remember, you don't have to see your provider, self-referral. But it's very important that we get your previous exams, like Vicki said. It, it eliminates additional imaging. If we see something that's been there consistently, we know it's not new. If we don't have any previous images, if we see something on there, it looks to our radiologist like it's new, you more than likely going to have to come back to get an additional exam to clarify what we're seeing. If you've had previous exams, we can compare it, and we know, we pretty much know what it is. So that's the most important thing is to get the previous films. But yes, self referral is a big is a key for us. It's, it's important to get as many people in because it's so easy to find these things, uh, find these cancers, and eliminate future problems. It's very easy to do, and so we like to offer that and avail ourselves to people, even without low income, 
people with low income, anywhere along the spectrum, you can still come in and get your exam done. There's really no barriers to getting your exam yearly. And how do they contact you guys? Um, they can just call the hospital if they can find a number for the hospital and ask for the central scheduling, or they can call directly to 541-222-8765. That's our central scheduling team, and they will be happy to get them scheduled. Um, we have a really good schedule in that we usually can get people in within the next week or so. We have morning, um, afternoon appointments. We even are open on Saturdays for women who work and don't want to take a day off or time off for their mammogram. They can come in on Saturdays. Um, so again, that's 541-222-8765 to schedule your mammogram. And we're 8 to 4 generally on Saturdays and it's a I, pretty nice environment. Dan, we're out of time. Thank you both for being here today. Vicki Hunt, mammogram technologist, and Dan Goldblatt, imaging manager at Peace Health, Peace Harbor Medical Center. You guys have a great day. Thank you, You sir. too. Thanks. You have been listening to Doc Talk, presented by Peace Health, Peace Harbor Medical Center. For more information on the program and services provided, visit peacehealth.org.